We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into the CFB Nation All-America Podcast. My name is Bill Trochi, Senior Editor here at SportingNews.com, alongside Bill Bender, a lead college football writer here at SportingNews.com. And uh, we are coming to you after an eventful week one of the college football season. Uh, Bill's coming from Columbus, Ohio, where Notre Dame and Ohio State had an interesting game for sure. I'm coming to you from Atlanta, Georgia, where Georgia put a beat down on the now unranked Oregon Ducks. Bill, give me a quick five-second review on your five days of college football. Yeah, it was fun, and I think you hit it. So whether it was Georgia's offense or Ohio State's defense, I think those were two of the biggest stories, and um, that's why those two were ranked number two and number three. Not a surprise to me, though, Bill, that Georgia leaped them in the AP poll. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. 
Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Georgia put a beat down on Oregon. You put a beat down against the spread on SportingNews.com this week. Let me give you a chance to uh, brag on your uh, big week on on your picks at SportingNews.com. Oh, I, I'm not going to brag because I know how quickly it can turn the other way. But yeah, 12-4-1, and one, one of the biggest misses was Georgia. I thought that was easy. I thought, yeah, Oregon could cover, but... um. Got pretty hot, and and we'll ride that heater into week two. Our picks are up for week two, so we can get into those in a little bit. But, yeah, I, I know better with, with picks against the spread. You can feel like you're good, and then the next week it'll hit you like a ton of bricks. Don't get a, don't get a big ego yet, but, man, holy mackerel, you were on fire last week. Um, and you're on fire in our contest, too. I'm way behind. I got some work to do, but I've got time. It's early. It's a, I'm like Oregon. I, I got I to build out of this <laughs> early hole. Yeah. Well, you and you and DeCourcy with our underdog challenge as well. I said, you know, the the worst thing you can do with me is start talking smack because (laughs) then I'm going to get mad and then I'm going to want to then when I get mad, I want to prove people wrong. So off to, like I said, off to a good start, but plenty to talk about on week two in a little bit. Another team off to a good start, Ohio State. They uh, struggled a little bit in the first half against Notre Dame. Uh, You were there. Uh, the passing game really wasn't there. They decided they needed to try and run the ball past Notre Dame and run it. They did. They won both lines of scrimmage. They prevented Notre Dame from running the football. They ran the football critically in the in the, in the game-winning drive, the game-sealing drive, really, uh, in the fourth quarter and uh, rode a strong defense. If you're Ohio State, you didn't get the 25-30 point blowout that some people were predicting, some people like me, but... Uh, but you did get the win. How did Ohio State? What's Ohio State's takeaway from this victory? I mean, there, there was some frustration about the offense, but I think some of that was born out of Jackson Smith and Jigba leaving the game with a hamstring injury. Um, you can thank me for that. Like the uh, jinx from the feature that I wrote about him last week. That was fun. <laughs> but um, there also was a certain level of satisfaction coming out of that locker room. Rather, it was Ryan Day. He was beaming. He said five different tanks times that we just beat the number five team in the country um jim knowles was the last one that came in the interviews afterward and um you know that's a nod to what he's brought to that team which the the run defense is fixed at least it looked fixed against notre dame the the defense looked much better and i'm sure in columbus after the first play there was probably a collective groan because Lorenzo Styles catches a pass. There's a missed tackle. There's a roughing the passer. And they're probably like, here we go again. But really, the rest of the night, they kept everything in front. Um, the other end of it, Bill, and, and you can talk about it. I thought Notre Dame acquitted themselves well. They made some mistakes and they had some opportunities. It was a 14-10 game. But, I, you know, they there's a reason why they only dropped the eight. It's not a, quote, unquote, bad loss, as we talk about in the college football playoff nomenclature. Yeah, there's no question Notre Dame has got an opportunity to uh, get fix some things. The biggest concern they had entering the game was the defensive secondary and how they were going to handle all these great wide receivers and the passing game of Ohio State, and they passed that with flying colors. Uh, they never were able to establish the run when they needed it. Uh, Tyler Buckner did not 
get a chance to use his wide receivers very often. No wide receiver caught more than one pass. No one on the team caught more than one pass except for Michael Mayer. Um, so he, he's got time to ramp up. I think BYU's the next challenge. Clemson's going to be a big challenge in November. Um, so as Notre Dame walks away from this game, they got to feel a lot better than they probably anticipated about their secondary. Uh, they're probably a little surprised their defensive line and their offensive lines did not acquit themselves better than they did. And you sold on Bookner, half sold on Bookner. I thought he played okay. I, I thought he completed passes. Tommy Reese called a very good game in the first half. And then I think in the second half when it got tight, there's a couple plays he might want to have back. But in terms of what they have at quarterback, I, I don't think it's a bad first start. It is very hard to go win at the shoe regardless. They don't lose at home often. I've, I've seen – I've covered Sporting News however long. I've only seen them lose there three times. And so my point is you're not going to win there without a running game. And he didn't have that. So I, I thought he did as best he could. Yeah, hard to say. First start, um, I don't know – what his potential is. I mean, I think they can win with him for sure. Um, but you're right. The formula to beat Ohio state last year, Michigan and Oregon established the run. Notre Dame was unable to do that. Notre Dame was stuck on 10 points. 10 points. Isn't going to beat Ohio state. Um, let's talk about another game that uh, is going to be talked about for the rest of the year. And that's going to be Florida and Utah. Uh, it's going to have an effect on, on, you know, Utah's, playoff chances as, as a potential Pac-12 winner. Uh, people look at the non-conference say, well, you didn't beat Florida. Now all of a sudden Florida jumps into the poll after a big win. Uh, game came down to the last play. Couldn't have been more exciting. And the superstar that emerged was Anthony Richardson. Yeah. And like if we were doing Heisman, you know, picture and those kind of things, he jumped right into it. I was on sports grid earlier today and they, they talked about how much his odds jumped up. I mean, he, here's a stat I was telling a lot of people. So if you take his 168 passing yards, his 168 or 106 rushing yards, excuse me, that's 274 yards. And that is an average between when he's either passing the ball or running the ball of 7.4 yards per play. Now, Bryce Young was at 8.9 against Utah State this weekend, and it's Utah State. And Bryce Young, phenomenal, 100 yards rushing as well. But you've got a difference maker on that at quarterback. And I think, again, it speaks to Billy Napier and his quarterback development and all those coaches that they had in Florida in the team photo. There was like 100. But they they know what they're doing. And um, he got the best out of Anthony Richardson. I think this is damning for the Pac-12. Between we talked a little bit about Oregon and Utah, and you go get the chance to play two SEC schools and you get punked in two different ways. Um, so we can get into that later about what I really think about it. I think it's good news for USC that we're going to start pumping them up. But yeah, Anthony Richardson, potential for a star, great week two matchup against Kentucky against Will Levis. Um, who knew that was one of the games we're spotlighting in week week two is like a hangover to week one, but there's still a couple good drinks on there. <laughs> I'll push back a little bit that Pac-12 didn't represent itself. I mean, Utah lost in the last play of the game. Um, and suddenly people are talking about Florida, about, you know, pushing Georgia, could be the second best team in the SEC East. You know, it was a home game. Like Utah played well, acquitted themselves well. If they go 11-1 and one and their one loss is at Florida on the last play of the game, I, I, I'm i not ready to count them out. But but if Utah has, like, 
Michigan uniforms on or like Tennessee uniforms on and we're like, oh, they played great in the Rose Bowl for three quarters. They still lost. You know, they gave up a billion yards to Ohio State. And, oh, they played well against Florida, but they they were ranked like seven or eight. And I know our editor, Elliot Ponnell, would use that to as an opportunity to bash preseason polls. But the preseason polls are there for a reason, because we all are still thinking that Utah is good. So to me, it was a missed opportunity for them. I do think they are more likely to run the table and get back in the playoff picture than Oregon. Oregon looked pretty broke. So... Um, we'll see, but I, I, I hear what you're saying. It's not like a horrible thing to go to Florida and lose on the last play, but at the right. same time, when you're a top 10 team looking to prove it, those are the schools you have to prove it against. And they, they, yeah, they came within one play, um, interception with, uh, can't remember, you know, last 10 seconds of the game or whatever. So, um, let's talk, uh, CFB playoff expansion. It got, Buried a little bit on Friday afternoon of uh, Labor Day weekend. Uh, the games had started. The Thursday night backyard brawl was terrific. You and I talked about that on Twitter Spaces after the game. Um, Saturday was kicking off pretty soon. Pretty soon, and the CFP sort of slipped it in there that they were actually adopting the the old, uh, the original proposal of twelve teams, or at least they're going to tell the uh, the directors that they need to adopt it. Um, your thoughts and your potential flaws that you see in the new uh, agreement. Oh, I mean, we knew it's kind of like an exercise. We knew this was coming a year ago. And I, I kind of figured that whenever they do, we're going to expand that this was what they were going to do. They weren't going to go to eight or 16. Um, there are some people that hate it. Um, I'm not there. I'm kind of in the middle because I, I again, as somebody that watches a lot of movies, there's only certain movies that you can watch over and over and over again. That's who, who I mean, I have like a list, but um, <laughs> I don't know how many more times we can watch Alabama, Georgia, Ohio state, Clemson or Alabama, Georgia, Ohio state, Notre Dame or Oklahoma. Those six schools that have 25 of the 32 appearances. I do think more opportunity is good. Um, Still got to figure out the on-campus situation. Like, how are they going to – are they going to play games at Ohio Stadium or are they going to play them at Lucas Oil Stadium? I think for certain schools, though, and as you like you just said, I live in Columbus, like Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia aren't going to be excited about it because it's essentially not rewarding their regular seasons on one end. But on the flip, I'm like, you take Ohio State in a year like 2015, which I mentioned earlier – when they lose to Michigan state and that was a team capable of winning a national championship. Now they're going to get that, that chance. So they're basically going to be like Duke, Kansas and North Carolina in the NCAA men's basketball tournament. They'll get in every year. They'll have a high seed. It's on them to go out and win it. Speaking of the NCAA basketball tournament, I see two, two major flaws with this, with this proposal. I like the 12 teams. I like, you know, um, the six and six, like, I think those are all great ideas. I think they will push things forward, make things more interesting, have fewer people opting out, you know, postseason games and things like that. I think one thing I don't understand is the seeding that the top four seeds need to be conference champions. That doesn't make any sense to me. You referenced the college basketball, um, mm -hmm tournament they use the automatic qualifiers and the at-large bids to create the field 
and then they seed them one to 68. For right. some reason, the football is deciding that the top four seeds have to be conference champions. So last year, when Alabama beat Georgia in the SEC championship game, and Georgia was clearly a top four team, we're going to knowingly seed them lower than Pitt, who won the <laughs> ACC. Right. That makes zero sense that I don't understand the benefit of doing it that way. Just seed them one to 12. I, I, that is illogical to me. And the second flaw is having bowl games host the quarterfinals and the semifinals. So we've got 11 playoff games now, and six of them are going to be bowl games, and then the national championship is going to be a neutral site game. Those two things don't make any sense to me. Um, I think you got to go home home field for quarterfinals. If you have to do bowls for the semis and the finals, okay. I'd prefer home uh, campus again, but um, I can see the court, the semifinals and the finals because we're kind of used to that at this point. Right. Um, but the seeding, tell me where I'm wrong on the seeding. Tell me why Georgia should. I mean, what Georgia and Alabama could be both 12 and 0 this year and play in the SEC championship game. And under the new format, the loser gets a five seed. I, I, I think they're just trying to maintain the value of the conference championship game by that. And I, whether it's right or wrong, it's not great. I, I didn't like either that they don't recede. They will not recede. They will play it like the bracket, like the NCAA tournament. If a 11 seed wins, then they keep going that same route, like through the same teams that they have to go through. So, um, you know, it's not perfect. And the semifinals, I figured they would keep on campus. I would like like you to have the quarterfinals on campus, but, you know, you, you can just read the writing on the wall. They're going to want those p- games in places like Lucas Oil Stadium and SoFi Stadium and, you know, Hard Rock Stadium, like like places like that. And that does give a corporate feel to it. And I, for the weather concerns, which always drives me crazy being up here, it's like one global warming's happening. It, it can be nice in Ohio in December. It's not, I, I can still wear shorts in December in Ohio sometimes. One, two, the NFL plays playoff games in January in these places at Kansas City and Cincinnati and Pittsburgh and Green Bay. And that's part of the, and just like they go down to Tampa Bay and Dallas and places like that. So, I mean, taking the weather out of it's kind of a, it's an excuse. I mean, and I think part of it is that that they've done it this way for so long that they don't want to do it. I mean, they don't do a lot of Big Ten primetime games anyway, but now they do, but they used to not to. So I I don't know. I I think it's one of those deals where it's not perfect, but it's not, I, I still like it. Yeah, I like it too, but I just can't wait to the first time Ohio State slips up once in a regular season and becomes a, a a four seed as a conference champion, and they have to play like a one loss Georgia team in the Peach Bowl as a five seed. <laughs> well, but, but not exactly my, rewarded right there. Yeah, but people are going to complain anyway. Now they're going to have a new set of things to complain about. So, like True. with our our colleague Mike DeCourcy, I don't want to hear him talk about expansion anymore. Here's twelve. <laughs> We're not going to sixteen or twenty four. If you're the 13th best team in the country, too bad. Like, that's what I'm going to say. We're not doing this again. We we don't need the fourth team in the SEC in the playoff. I don't care if they're better than the best group of five teams. I don't care. You're, you're out. I don't. And if Ohio State loses and doesn't like their seeding, too bad. 
when you're you know you you're in you're still in the playoff. So I, I think it's going to be fine. There's always going to be something to argue about. There's always going to be strength of schedule to argue about. I am somewhat surprised that the Big Ten and SEC agreed to it because they do have the most college football playoff contender type teams. And some of them are going to get left out at the expense of a, I mean, a Big 12 with Oklahoma State maybe being the best team, a Pac-12 with with Oregon and Utah, basically, who we just watched lose, mm-hmm. taking Florida's playoff spot. Wait till that happens. That's where the real debates are going to come. of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 dollars more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details